if they're operating in emotion, anything I say logical is not, it's not going to land. If you say, I hate you. And I say, that's not nice. (laughs) She knows it's not nice. She's literally, it's, it's, it's can't versus won't. And we take it as a won't. She won't be nice right now. She cannot because she does not have the tools. And it is insane for me as an adult who already has to teach myself emotional regulation and be intentional about it. It's insane of me. It's not logical of me to expect that this nine-year-old just knows how to do it. (laughs) She just knows how to do it. I've taught you enough. We've read all the books. We've done Daniel the Tiger. You should know not to say I hate you. That's just not realistic. So I just ride the wave and I, I let it all just come out. And then we recap. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Destiny Ann is a peaceful parent who is helping the next generation of parents raise their children with a calmer, more intentional, and empowering approach. If you're a parent or soon to be, I highly recommend checking out Destiny's videos about real life, in the moment, powerful parenting techniques on Instagram and TikTok. She offers parenting classes online on topics such as avoiding power struggles and game changing discipline. You can also be a part of her VIP community, which stands for Very Intentional Parenting. I love her kind but strong approach to parenting. She gave me some great insight since after recording her episode, my wife and I welcomed our first child into the world. And I know if you're having challenges, struggles, or just want a new perspective as a parent, she can absolutely help you too. Welcome to the podcast, Destiny. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. I was telling Destiny right before we hopped on too. Um, so we are, I'm ex- me and my wife are expecting uh, our first child uh, in the next two weeks, which is just wild. 
in so many ways. And um, my wife has been watching your videos on Instagram a lot recently, like over the past month or so, and just had the best things to say about you, uh, the content mm-hmm. you're putting out there, the peaceful parenting that you're doing. Uh, so I was really excited um, that we got to chat and, and, you know, I'm able to, I mean, your platform is amazing, but to even, you know, help get the message and get out what you're doing even more. I am just super grateful. Uh, So really, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It is an honor to share space. And thank you to your lovely wife for finding me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of the videos over the last couple of days. Uh, and I'm definitely going to get into some questions uh, that I'm already anticipating that you can help me with uh, yeah. as a new parent. Uh, but Destiny, I'm very intrigued and, and interested in how did you get on this path? Who, what inspired you? How did you start creating all this content uh, to help the parents of this generation? Right, Because like the way at least I was raised was much different than the way I foresee myself raising my child. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making such an impact on this generation of of parents and kids, how did you get here? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is actually in psychology. um, And a lot of that is very like behavior focused and get your kid to, you know, do this sleep training or potty training. And um, so when I became a parent, I realized that a lot of those things didn't resonate with me. A lot of the psychology and the research didn't resonate with me. um, And I found that a lot of parents had similar struggles. And so I wanted to become a coach so that I could help um, because a lot of the information out there is things that change behavior, but they don't necessarily develop relationship. And it was kind of putting the relationship on the back burner. And so I just really got into studying parenting. I have read all the books, listened to all the talks, and it really has made a difference in my relationship with my children. And I was just on TikTok sharing all my knowledge and just what it looks like to be a gentle parent in my home and in my space. And it resonated, I guess, because here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It definitely resonated. That's awesome. Right. It's just like something that you were passionate about that you had good education and information on that you just wanted to share and help and serve. And then look, yeah, look what's manifested from that. Absolutely. So beautiful. Uh, How many kids do you have? I have two. I have a four-year-old daughter, Phoenix, and a nine-year-old daughter, Kennedy. Got it. And can I ask, have you been studying and researching since Kennedy was like an infant, a newborn? No. No. (laughs) So I I mean, again, I I was studying in in the sense that I have my background in uh, developmental psychology. But like I said, a lot of that was behavior focused. So I didn't really transition into gentle parenting and relationship focused parenting until she was maybe about four or five. And can I ask you, can you see just a massive shift in your parenting from before till now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Before I wasn't very punitive. I wasn't authoritative or anything like that. Like I never, you know, spanked her or anything, but I was very, <laughs> I was a very passive parent, very permissive, mm-hmm. very hands off. I had a very, like I had a huge village. And so I kind of was just like, yeah, whatever. Like that's where I was. I had my daughter as a teenager. And so when we got to the point where I was like, oh, wait, you don't respect me and I have needs as well. And this isn't working. Um, that's when I was like, I have to figure something out and it can't be yelling. It can't be forcing. What is it going to be? It can't be sticker charts, which is what my background was in positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. Um, and so that's when I kind of started that journey. And the first book I read was The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafali. And it completely just I was like, Whew, 
I don't know how the universe brought this to me first, but I'm glad that that was my first intro into gentle parenting. Got it. Wow. And that just opened up everything for you, that book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one book. That's the yeah. one I keep it. It's around here somewhere. It's probably near my desk. I keep it very, very close. It's so cool how a book, a new perspective, a shift in consciousness can shape, can literally change everything, your entire yeah. world. Yeah. So cool. It was my entire world because, I mean, that's all I had learned was behavior science and, you know, how to get your kid to eat and just how to very much focus on making the child do something. And Dr. Shafali's work is very much the opposite, very much starting with self, starting with our consciousness, our awareness and the separation between ourselves and who our children are. And it did just that. It blew my mind completely. It felt oh. it, it blew my mind and that it was different, but it also really touched a part of me that felt very aligned. Isn't that the best thing when you hear something in a book or just in life, wherever, and you're like, huh, this sounds like kind of foreign or new or different, but it just literally connects and resonates with the yes. truth of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And you just know that that is not that it's like right or wrong, but you just know that that is the way to be. Yeah. And I think that's so important, especially as a parent and you're, you know, a new parent, people always say, well, where do I start? Where do I start? And I say, challenge your values, get to know exactly what really matters to you before you start. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to have a metric to measure what is and isn't success in your parenting. And when I read that, I was like, oh, this is what I value. <laughs> I value freedom. And everything that I've been doing is going against that value. And that's why I felt stuck and confused. And when I read those words, I was like, yes, you have put a word or you've put words, excuse me, to what I feel inherently and deeply just as I am as a person is correct for me mm -hmm. and my life. Yes. That's one of the most beautiful experiences when you know something deep within you, but you can't quite say it or find the words. And then someone articulates it so perfectly. And it's just like that, that dial click right into like your soul and who you are. And you're like, that's what it is. That's what yeah. it was that I just couldn't find the words for it before. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. That's awesome. So, and I'll tell you too, with, um, we have a girl coming. Uh, her name is Violet. Um, and we're just, I mean, obviously beyond excited. And, you know, we think about, um, and I'm very aware that I don't know what is coming really and what to expect. <laughs> um, and I'm just excited for the journey uh, and for the experience. And, you know, what we talk about a lot too is raising a child that is going to have a positive, loving, good impact on the world, right? Someone that's going to contribute to kindness and love and that sort of a consciousness. Yeah. And uh, something though, I, I, you know, I don't want to say worried, but something that I think about sometimes is I'm a big fan of like reason and logic, right? So I can have a conversation with anybody if, um, I mean, anybody regardless, but when we're able just to literally be logical with each other, that to me can really elevate the conversation and elevate the experience. And I understand with a child, that's not always going to really be the case at all, right? I can't try to logically explain something to them for them to get it. And that's something already I'm like, okay, that's something that I need to start to release in myself yeah. and, right? And not only say, okay, well, in order for a conversation to be good, we have to be logical with each other. We have to be understanding of each other and accepting when I know with a newborn and a, and a, and a kid that they're not going to get that or, or align with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we are born with the lower parts of our brain. So we are born emotional. So that's typically where children start and they don't need our help 
to be able to feel sad or angry. They don't need our help with that. But the logic, all of that upper brain stuff is what needs to be developed. And so if you are more logical, it's going to be like, what is happening? What like, dude, it's a piece of candy or something. So it's good that you have that awareness um, in advance. And that's what I'm saying. That's what is the most important uh, part of it is self-awareness and being aware of what your triggers are, what your shortcomings are, your challenges, your strengths even. Uh, so that way you have a starting point. Just like when we start anything else, we need to know where we're at on day one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I'll say too, one of the things I'm really excited about as well is to have unconditional love. Yeah. Because <laughs> unconditional love is something that I, I, we don't talk a lot about. We don't experience a lot. And unconditional love, I, I know, is the truth of who we are. Yeah. At our core, at our soul, at our being, we are unconditional love. There's just a lot of things in the world that kind of hinder our ability to, to express that and to mm-hmm. connect with that. And I'm, I'm really excited to share that, you know, with her and, and have her unconditional love towards us, our unconditional love towards her, and to really have that sort of, of an experience. Um, because they are very few and far between. It's it's hard to love people unconditionally. Yeah. It is, yeah. Right? Dr. Shafali would argue that we actually cannot. <laughs> really? <laughs> that, there, that there are conditions. And I, I love the idea of, well, love in itself is is very pure. And I think that it, it exists in an unconditional way in all of us. I think that there's so much that has taken us away from the ability to do that. So I like to consider it unconditional warmth. And so you're always going to know that I love you because no matter what you do, the way that I express whatever it is, whether it's frustration or anger, or irritation, it's always going to be respect. It's my respect for you is going to be unconditional. There's nothing that you can do to me that's going to res- make me respect you less. Um, and for me, it is love, but I know unconditional love just, it has this connotation of like, no matter what you do, <laughs> yeah. no matter what you do, it's going to be fine. And it, it may not be fine, but I will love you regardless. And the way that I show that to my children in the heat of the moment, when they're saying I hate you, or they just rip something up, an important document is that I'm still going to show you respect. I'm still going to yeah. honor the human that you are Got in this it. moment. I and like there's going to be some discipline at the same time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and can I ask you, as, in being a parent, does it push you in terms of your patience um, or your frustration <laughs> literally like to the limit? Yeah, like- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say that being a parent, your children are mirrors and they're going to show you your areas where you either need to accept or expand. <laughs> mm. They are totally, I'm like, it's like, for example, um, the other day I'm sitting here going back and forth with a four-year-old about cleaning up her room. Just like, well, let's just do this. Let's just try this. Like, and then I turn around and look across the hallway and I'm like, that's my room. It looks the exact same. <laughs> either I just need to accept that that's who we are as a family right now. Or I need to clean my own porch first, as I like to say, and then we'll come back to her porch. <laughs> Accept yeah. or expand every time. Yes. And that'll push you to the edge. It so will, especially yeah. if you don't have awareness. That's why that's so important. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I'm excited to be pushed to the edge so I can show myself who I truly am and what I need to work on in those moments, right? Because it's like only those moments when we're challenged or things like that, where it's like, well, I thought I had that, uh, you know, on lockdown and I, I guess that I don't yet. 
And only through those experiences are we able to then realize it's like, okay, exactly. you know, I wasn't as patient as I, as I thought I, I would be in that moment. <laughs> That's so true. It's so uh, true. I have those um, opportunities, as I like to call them, yeah. those learning opportunities. Very often, it's really just um, about your window of tolerance. And for me, I'm like, I just, if I could just expand my window of tolerance just a little bit more every single time. Hmm. And I, like, I love it. Grow or accept. And those are two beautiful things, I think, right? Mm-hmm. To accept what is or in that moment to use it as an opportunity for growth. And um, that really is because, right, in my mind, I knew who I am. I knew who I would be in difficult, hard, frustrating moments. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm love and I'm patience and I'm acceptance and I'm, I'm all the good things, yeah. which is a you know, good way to be and to think, but who am I really going to be in those experiences? Like that is everything. I feel like we literally came to these bodies here to experience. You know, I feel like in our, these are just my views at least, but in, in our higher consciousness, in the other realm, on our soul, our spirit, we are unconditional love. Yeah. And we know that about ourselves but we come here so we can have the experience because we can think one thing, but who are we going to be in the experience? That's all that really matters. Yeah. I can think that I'm unconditional love, but who am I actually going to be when it comes down to it? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So I'm, I'm excited. Sometimes the, the picture is not exactly what you expected it to be. Exactly. This is one of the only jobs, one of the only experiences where you literally give it everything. And for a very long time, you get very little tangible. <laughs> In, in return. And that is completely contrary to, especially in our society. It's a lot of if then. If you go to school, you'll get a good job. If you get a good job, you'll get paid. You work hard, you get. And this is like, if you literally let this little person push you to the edge, you'll get hugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> Who's, why are we signing up for that? <laughs> so, of course, there's going to be moments where the deposit that you're putting in, you're not necessarily getting that much in return. And that's why it's important to be filling your own cup and not expect it from them. Because I always say this, the less control we have over ourselves, the more we take from them Uh and their experience. So much of my work as a coach is about helping my, a lot of times I feel like a life coach and it rarely has anything to do with kids a lot of times because it is about us pouring into ourselves so that we even have the ability to participate in such an unequal experience. <laughs> <laughs> such an unequal. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a firm believer too. And like we have to, in, in order for me to, to be the best version of Justin, mm-hmm. to be the most loving, caring, kind version of myself to the world, which I know is so important, I do have to take care of myself. I do have to yeah. create time and space for myself to meditate, to go for a run, to do yoga, to do whatever it might be to help me feel more centered and aligned. And it was great. I, I, I watched one of your videos and uh, you needed like five minutes. You wanted to oh, just yeah. like take, and you were talking to your daughter and you're like, okay, you like empowered her. Or if you want to actually, yeah. you should tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, every, we do that every day, every single day, even if I don't need some time, I'll just say, you know, I want some time to myself or it's mommy time, me time. And I'll just ask her what she wants to do with her time. And she can get creative as she wants to. She's four. So sometimes we have to give her options to help because if not, she'll just be like, I'll just go sit in the pantry. Um, and eat all the snacks. But we've practiced it. And I think it's important to practice things that you're going to need in the moment, because when you're triggered, 
when you've had a long day and you're stressed out and you come home and you actually really need a minute, you're going to have far less patience for any kind of pushback that you get. And so the things that are difficult and challenging for me when I'm triggered, I like to practice them when I'm not triggered. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was amazing. That was like one of my favorite parts about that video. And I, you know, think so new, not even quite at a, as a parent yet. Um, but I thought that was brilliant to, to take that time and to practice yeah. So that we're not making that decision when we're kind of freaking out internally, when we're really rushed, when we're really anxious, when we're running out of time or whatever it might be. Yeah. I love that to practice those things first and to have that sort of experience with them when I'm not so on edge or frustrated mm -hmm. or angry or whatever it might be. Yeah. I love that. Um, can I ask you, what, what is a, so one of my things too that I keep thinking about is again not being able to reason with my child is <laughs> um not even like when we're out at that I don't I don't even care if we're out and, and she throws a tantrum and people are looking I don't that doesn't bother me I, at least I don't think it's gonna bother me <laughs> um so just in general even if we're at the house and she throws a tantrum what are good techniques or good things to help regulate that situation to help bring the calmness back into it um yeah, what I you know that's again that's the thing I think about. I'm like, what am I going to do when she's just screaming for no reason? It's like, do I just sit there and like be in it and not like take it, but just experience it and be like, all right, this is I, yeah. <laughs> I think this is a moment for me to be like, be calm yeah. right now, right? Yeah. yeah. So the same thing with my my needing a minute is that it's very hard. To, you don't practice during gameplay, so when when we're in the game, we just let we just gotta let the game happen. And when they're tantruming, that is an opportunity for us to experience, be aware. I will literally just sit and breathe. I'll check in and see if there's any opportunity for logic. Can we talk? Do you want to breathe? Do you need a hug? But and then I'll back up, and then I'll come back in, and then I'll back up until they're ready, and then. A lot of the emotional intelligence is developed when they're not triggered. Before we go to bed, when we're practicing our breaths or we're processing experiences so we can express the emotions that occurred after the fact. During a tantrum, I just shut the heck up and I will check in with, you know, I'm here. I'm here to help. I love you. Anything you need. If they walk away, the four-year-old will walk away and slam her door. And we'll sit on the other side of the door and I'm like, good, you're telling me what you need. You need space. I'll come knock, check back in, see if you're ready. But it's very much about experiencing, as Dr. Shafali would say, the isness of the moment. Right now, I have a tantruming child. Yeah. I cannot force her to stop crying. And anything that I do to kind of coerce the, move, the uh, moment to move along is only going to make her uncomfortable with her feelings. The minute I freak out and I'm like, this is not okay. They get comfortable, uncomfortable with their feelings. Let's sit in it. And then we can do the logicking and processing later so that you can understand. Sometimes I freak out. Then I'm supported. I move through the moment. And that's it. The minute we freak out, it, it literally teaches them that their emotions are dangerous. Yeah. I'm literally like thinking back about times where I would, you know, as a child, cry or free or whatever it was, scream. I used to have a crazy temper when I was a child. So I knew that you would say you said, yeah. And I knew that couldn't, I'm sure that wasn't easy for my parents at the time. Like yeah. you had this little psycho just like screaming <laughs> at random times really yeah. aggressively. And, um, but that what you just said 
in terms of, right, because when you get yelled at when you're crying or something like that, you, you deem those feelings as bad, right. as I'm not supposed to cry. And I feel like in those moments, it's just our parents, like they're not bad. They're just kind of, they're freaking out themselves. They're scared. Yeah. Like they're feeling the anxiety and the, and the madness of the moment too, that, that vibration, that energy is hitting them. And they're just kind of reflecting it back. Yeah. Have you thought about what that experience is going to be like when Violet gets angry, what that might bring up for you? I honestly, I, I have thought about that. And um, I've really, I've put myself there in her screaming or anything and literally using that as a moment to work on my own mindset and my mm -hmm. own balance and my own peace, mm -hmm. right? Because it's easy to be peaceful and calm when everything is calm, but who am I going to be in the chaos of, of a moment? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably been one of my most difficult challenges. And kind of just recently, like last year, got a light bulb moment with that because I have so much, so much compassion for all the emotions. But when it comes to anger, it just the the child inside of me that was not allowed to be angry is almost like, mm. how do I deal with this? Or sometimes it's like, this isn't fair. You get to say I hate you like that. That's my inner <laughs> child. I didn't get to say that. Or or sometimes it's like this fear of like, oh, my gosh, my daughter is going to be angry and then she's going to be treated like the bad child and then she's going to be the bad teen like I was. And all of these things that I'm not consciously aware of were making me unable to just be in the moment. And I wouldn't mm. yell back or anything, but I was like, we got it. Let's hurry up. It's okay. I'm here. Like the, saying all these things that were trying to move her away from the anger because it was making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And now it's just like, literally, I will just let her get it all out. Because once again, if they're operating in emotion, anything I say logical is not, it, it's not going to land. If you say, I hate you. And I say, that's not nice. <laughs> She knows it's not nice. She's literally, it's, it's, it's can't versus won't. And we take it as a won't. She won't be nice right now. She cannot because she does not have the tools. And it is insane for me as an adult who already has to teach myself emotional regulation and be intentional about it. It's insane of me. It's not logical of me to expect that this nine-year-old just knows how to do it. <laughs> she just knows how to do it. I've taught you enough. We've read all the books. We've uh, done Daniel the Tiger. You should know not to say I hate you. That's just not realistic. So I just ride the wave and I, I let it all just come out. Yeah. And then we recap. See, I like that. You talked about that a few times. You kind of let them be and express themselves. Wait till things are calm. And then you kind of come back to it and talk yeah. about it. Right. And share yeah. emotions. And I remember when I was a kid, with that temper, I just couldn't control my emotions. It's not like I wanted to be that way. You know what I mean? I just didn't know what else to do. Things would build up and I would just like, I was a kid. A lot of adults don't know how to handle that as well. You know what I mean? So as like, as a child, I think it's difficult for us to, ex well, not difficult. It is easy for us. I feel like to not expect them to be that way. Yeah. If like, like you just kind of, like you just kind of said, it's like not like logical really for a nine-year-old to be like, you, you got to get this. We, we read all the books. Like, how come you're not understanding this yet? And I think that acceptance and that letting go is something that I've thought about before. And just being like, you're a kid. You're just trying to, we're, like, we're all kids trying to figure it out. You've just had way less time on, on the earth <laughs> to figure it out so far. Yeah, exactly. And I've found that in every single experience that's challenging, the more I push against it, the the bigger it roars, the longer it takes, just 
literally, I will just say, I, I know, or something that um, Dr. Becky, one of my other favorites will say is, I believe you. I hear you. I understand those kind of things. Just emotions are very lonely. They're very lonely. And yeah. the minute that we welcome them in and sit down with their emotions, it's like, it literally is how they climb back up the emotional ladder. Just that empathy. Empathy mm. is really what allows them to, okay, this, this isn't scary. I'm not alone in this. And they slowly come out of it and are able to talk in process. Hmm. And something that's been coming up a lot in like books and things I've been reading lately is, you know, because I used to have such a temper, I always looked at like anger as like just this really bad thing that I wanted to just get away from as quickly as possible because I didn't want to be that version of myself anymore. Yeah. And then in these books kind of realizing that like anger and sadness, those are like our barometer to tell us kind of where we're at and how we feel about a situation. Mm-hmm. So right, I think it's good to not sit in that anger and stew, but if something like bothers me, not to run from that, to be like, okay, cool. That is showing me what I don't want. Yeah. And what, right. What doesn't feel good for me. Yeah. And that's so important to not skip over that because we want our children to know what they want. And so our conversations that recap, typically we'll do a re-articulation, like what you meant to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, was this. And that conversation yeah. usually is. I feel I need. So once we've calmed down and you're no longer angry about X, Y, and Z, or you're no longer raging, we'll say, but the anger is still there. I'll say, okay, what do you feel? I feel angry. I need a hug. Mm-hmm. I need space. Those kind of things are the conversations that I constantly am rearticulating because that's what we're supposed to do with our anger. Like you said, it is a guide showing us our needs, our wants our desires. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just have to make sure that we are communicating them in a way that still is respectful of others. Yes. Yeah. I think it's right. I think it's important to let kids express themselves and not tell them to not cry or not shout or these things because they are just our emotions. They're a part of life. And when we're ingrained over and over and over again, that this isn't good, you're being bad. It makes them not want to be themselves. Yeah. So true. That's so true. And you mentioned before too, because I'm a huge fan of just like meditation and breathing techniques. I know you mentioned uh, before about uh, breathing techniques. What are some of the things that you that you do with your children? Yeah, so we have a calm corner. Um, Generation Mindful has like time in toolkits and stuff like that. So we already have that. They have like stuffies. They have these amazing little stuffed animals that have different colors so they can express their feelings. Um, so we use those. But with the smallest ones, I feel like the best place to start is with animal breasts. They love that so much. And so we'll do a dinosaur or a tiger. Or a lion. They all sound the same. It's just, but it's big <laughs> to pick. Animal breath are a great place to start. Um, and then with my oldest, we'll do counts. So four count in, four count out, those kind of things um, when she's available and ready to actually breathe. Um, and we also will do, you know, we'll hold our nostrils. We'll do ocean breaths and just audible breaths. We're just always breathing. And I think that that is what allows them to be able to access that when they're frustrated in the moment, because we practice it so much. And so what I'm wondering too, are there moments where they are, you're trying to calm them down or just bring them back and like, okay, let's do breathing technique. They're like, no, where they kind of like, you know what I mean? Like freak out and don't want to do that either in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned them to the point where I kind of have like the transition where it's silence, just acceptance, slowly 
um, tapping in. The youngest, she'll participate. So by mm-hmm. the once she stopped crying, if she wants to do breaths, we'll do what I call a nose breath, and we'll like put our noses on each other and blow on each other. Um, she's accessible to that. The young, the oldest. I start with, do you want me to? And so I have to participate with her. Do you want me to put my, stu- my hand on your stomach and you expand it? Or um, I like tapping as well is very effective. Um, so I'll say, do you want to tap your forehead? You want me to tap your forehead? But nine times out of 10, I don't even go into any kind of techniques until they are calmed down Got it. a little bit. And yeah. they only get through that point through the empathy and the accepting of, of the moment and what is. Yeah, because this I, I've seen videos over like the past like year, pretty like recently, of parents being with, and I never thought about this before until seeing them. But uh, parents being with their kids, they're they're throwing a tantrum. The kid starts to calm down, or they're asking the child like, "What do you like? What do you need? You know yes. what I mean? Like, what is like what like what like what is lacking right now? Like what like what is it that you're looking for? And but like talking to them calmly, yeah, not screaming at them because they're freaking out internally. You know, having that moment and Another thing too that I'm excited about is it's going to help me again, just be more calm, right? It's going to create me and almost like force me to work on those things within myself. And in those videos, you'll see the mom and then she'll all of a sudden like start doing a breathing exercise with the kid and the kid, you can just like feel the stress and the craziness just like melt off of the kid. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, over two or three minutes, they're doing these breathing exercises and they're just totally calming down. And I'm like, where was that when I was a kid? Yeah. It's about yeah. inviting them into our calm. And I think a lot of us walk around very insecure in our own feelings. And so when those triggers come up, the first thing that we do is the fight, the flight, the freeze. Yeah. Um, and so that's why the very first step is you regulate before you co-regulate. And when they're tantruming, I'm like, great, now I have time to breathe. I don't have time to calm down. You don't need me right this second. You just need me to be present. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to take some deep breaths. I literally, when they start freaking out, I get present and I'm like, (sighs) they always see me do that. They always see me and hear me because I want to model that. But also I really do need it. And then I move up the emotional ladder because that trigger goes from zero to a hundred. And I'm like, I need to get back down here before I even articulate anything. So I'm saying affirmations in my head and calming down myself and my inner child. And then so that way, whatever comes out, whether it's the right words or not, is going to be warm. It's going to be respectful. It's going to come from a place of love. And if they resist, I can handle the resistance because I've already gotten myself together. Mm. That's what it is. It's not expecting your child to create your happiness or create your peace, your joy. It's you being there on your own, being aligned, being able to be in any situation, not expecting them to fix the, the issue, but for you to be present and be peaceful on your own within yourself. Yeah. And then approach those situations. That's honestly the part of unconditional love that we don't talk about, where it's usually, even if you do this, I'm still going to love you. And for me, it's, I'm going to do this without expecting anything in return. I'm going to give you this calm. I'm going to give you this chill, this quiet, because one, because that's what I need. And that's what yeah. I've needed all my life. That's what I deserve, you know? And two, you're going to, I'm going to continue to show you this regardless because children grow a secure attachment through that consistent warmth and that consistent presence. And so the more that I can show them, yep, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, I'm going to stay calm. No matter what you do, I can stay, I'm going to stay calm. That develops their sense of safety. Yeah. 
they have to feel safe. And it's like, no, I don't care what you do. This is going to be a safe space. I say that to my kids when they're able to rationalize. I say, you know, your emotions are safe. Your emotions are safe with me. And we'll, we just yesterday we did affirmations and she's able to repeat after me. And I was like, my anger is okay. I am safe. Anger does not have to be a bad thing. Anger is great. My anger tells me things. I tell, say the same thing. I'm sorry that we were just talking about. And I always say that your, your emotions don't scare me. They do not scare me. And so they can rest in that. And it's a lot easier to move through the world when you don't feel disconnected from your emotions. Mm, wow. Um, and I just, I want to uh, just really quickly read a, co- a quote that I saw the other day. And I mean, it relates so much with, when I, when I read it, I did not think about it in terms of like a parent and a child, but mm-hmm. it totally relates. It says, you can't rid the world of things that bother you. You've got to rid your vibration of things that bother you. And when you rid your vibration of things that bother you, nothing that bothers you can come because you're, you're good. You're there. No matter the chaos, the craziness that happens around you, if you're in that space, that's what matters. And that's how we can be our best version of ourselves going out into the world. And Destiny, it is incredibly beautiful that you are showing your children that calmness, not by telling them, hey guys, you gotta, right, you gotta stop and not do this. You're showing them by your breathing, by you taking a moment to work on yourself so that you can approach that situation in the best version of destiny that you possibly can to be a loving, supportive mother who you are. And that's the thing, you're showing them that. That, that in my mind, goes leaps and bounds further in terms of teaching somebody or educating them or helping them mm-hmm. by them watching you do it as opposed to by you just telling them to do yeah. it. Yeah, modeling is everything. Yeah, It's everything. It's why I... I don't necessarily believe in timeouts for that reason right there. This is gold. This is like, this is golden opportunity for you to show them something and they can't see you because you sent them to their room. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about that before. And, and Destiny, I want to ask you too, with what you're doing, right? What is, what is your goal? What, what, like, what are you doing this for? What are you trying to achieve or help or do in this world with the work that you do every day? Yeah, I, my biggest goal, honestly, is just to help parents. And I have such a heart for parents because I know it's like we want to get it right. And it breaks my heart that so much of the space is judgmental and they expect parents just to know what they're doing. And it's it's so hard. And I feel like we're just all grown kids walking around <laughs> trying to do our best. Um, and so I just want to help parents make their lives a little bit easier, give themselves some grace, and be able to parent with more intention. Actually feel like, even though this is hard, I feel like I'm getting it right. Even though this is hard, I feel like my relationship with my child is not at jeopardy and being able to walk through parenting with a little more grace, a little more confidence and a little bit more joy and acceptance of their specific situation. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, It's like you're helping. It's awesome because you're helping adults, parents get to a better place. And you're also helping this generation of children coming up because they're going to have these parents who are more loving and accepting and kinder. Um, That's awesome. And I want to just talk too about the things that you're able to offer. Because anybody listening right now who wants to tap in more to your wisdom, um, your education, and the things that you do, uh, 
that can really serve and help those parents who are listening right now. So I know you have some classes online. Yeah, I do have online classes. Yes. Nice. What are, I know, so I know one of them was, um, it's like tantrums for parents, right? It's like, yeah. Helping, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, adult tantrums. Yes, that was actually um, one of my favorite classes. So I um, typically host classes maybe like twice a month and they're very informal, but I give so much information, like practical advice that I can't necessarily share um, on Instagram and I always share the replay. And so those are available on my website. Nice. And then I know you have the VIP club too, right? Yes, that is my community. Yes, very intentional parenting. That is my community of parents where we just have those conversations, those real life, oh my gosh, my child just did this, or I don't know what to do with that uh, conversations. And VIP is also the name of my book that is coming out soon. So I will be excited. Maybe I got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> got to come back so I can share the book. <laughs> That's awesome. When do you think, do you know around when it's going to come out? The release date is October of this year. Yes. Yeah, like, do you know the exact date yet? No, I don't know the exact date. I will let Oct- you know as soon as I find out. When's your birthday? Yeah. October 9th. No way. My yeah. daughter, Phoenix, is the second. Yeah. Yes. Is she, uh, we both, I'm a Libra. Is she a Libra? She's a Libra. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's totally Libra. Yes. Oh, uh, we're buddies. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a Libra and then a fire Leo. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, fire Leo and I'm a Sag. So, we have a good balance in the house. Nice. Uh, is there anything? So, so, we have very intentional. I love that VIP, very intentional parenting. The class is online. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there that people can jump on that you're offering? Yeah, absolutely. Just honestly, my social media is where I release any of that information. I have so many exciting things coming up this year. So definitely just make sure that you are following me on Instagram. It's Manifest Destiny, D-E-S-T-I-N-I at the end. Cool. And all that stuff will be uh, in the episode too. So everyone listening, um, just scroll down. Yeah, you'll see all the info. Um and how to find destiny. And I, I, I wanted to ask you this question too, and I forgot about it before. And this is something, because I think about it, when I see a parent with their child and I see them maybe yelling at them or screaming or you know not being the best version of themselves, I can't help but to have empathy. And that's a way I've really been shifting my perspective of a lot. It's like the hurt people are, are the people who hurt people, literally yeah. hurt people. It just is, you know what I mean? And um not like condoning or loving, you know, the person they're being in that moment, but just being like, what, what's going on inside of you? Like, where's the past trauma? Um, you know, where, where is this, what's the root of this issue? Because you acting like that towards your child doesn't feel good for you either. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's something we forget so often, not even with a child, when someone's being mean or rude or mean or, or negative, we just instantly have such a bad feeling towards them. And again, I'm not saying to condone their actions, but just understand it's like when you're mad or you're angry, like that never feels good. You're never in a good place, right? When you're having that sort of emotion. So just trying to have empathy for people um, when they are expressing themselves in that way, because to me, that is the biggest sign ever that like, like they're literally screaming, like I'm hurting somebody help me. I don't have a good handle on this. That's why I'm (laughs) acting this way. Can't you all tell? Just like a kid, adult tantrums, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess, how can you help parents who are dealing with past trauma and that they're now taking that into their relationship with their child? Oh my goodness. It, it starts with awareness. And for some of us, awareness is easy. For others of us, it takes maybe the help of a professional to help us kind of 
uncover those things. But I always say you cannot outrun your trauma. You cannot. That mm-hmm. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm okay. It's impacting us. The things that we went through, the hand that we were dealt, it impacts us. And it can either be post-traumatic growth or it can be post-traumatic stress. And I think that for some of us, the trauma is just too heavy for us to handle on our own. And that's why I am such an advocate for therapy. I think that a lot of us don't realize that we're in survival mode with parenting and we may have all the resources in the world, but when it comes to how our brains are functioning and how our um, our lives have played out, a lot of us are parenting in survival mode, in constant fight or flight <laughs> mm. all day long and not even realizing it. And so I think the best place to start is to gain that awareness in whatever way possible and understand that neuroplasticity is a thing and that we can make new connections in the brain, that growth mindset. It's like, Mm. this is just a skill, you know, increasing my window of tolerance. That's something that I can do. Maybe I yelled after I called her name twice today, maybe next week I'll be able to call her name four times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Um, I just, this is, it's really amazing just to, to see you be here in your truest self. Yeah. I, I always just, I love it so much when people follow their passion mm. and because it's so obvious when someone is in that alignment with who they are and they're serving. And that's one of the most yeah. special things about, I think about it, like a lot of people that I have in the podcast is they're serving the world, which in turn is bringing them so much happiness and joy and fulfillment. Yeah. And, you know, it's people like you to examples like this that I think encourage other people to be like, okay, like, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? And how can I turn that into, I mean, we live in such a, an amazing time right now. We're able to turn our passions into our careers. Yes. Um, right. So it's just, I'm just a huge fan of the example because a lot of people may not think it's possible until they see the example, you know, they, that, because just in that little bit of now possibility, when it was totally shut, it just cracks it open a little bit. And then more and more and more and more over time, it will open things up for them. And it's just the ability and the knowing that something yeah. is possible that changes your entire life. Like the book did for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So true. Yeah. There was this, I'll say this really quickly. There was, um, they thought it was impossible to run a a four or five minute mile. I don't, I think four, but I thought it was impossible. Like literally the body couldn't do it. It it just could not happen. One person did it. That opened up the mind to everyone else in the world being like, Oh, this is possible. And then after that, a ton of people started doing it. So that's what you're helping other people do right now. You're creating that window, that opportunity and that knowing that they can follow their passion and the joy. And that's the biggest thing to me is like the fulfillment. Like I can tell how fulfilled you are by what you're doing. And that brings truth in terms of happiness mm-hmm. over an extended period of time, not just in a moment, but I think that gives like lifelong happiness. And when we can all feel fulfilled, be in our truth of who we are, and that happiness and joy extends over our lifetime, that is a massive way how we shift the consciousness of the planet. That is like a yes. huge way that we can like change and have kinder, more loving, more empathetic versions of ourselves walking all around. Yes. 
So I thank you for being you. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to ask you, what is up? I'm I'm a huge fan of gratitude. I have literally, it says grateful on my shirt right now. Um, What is something that you are grateful for? Um, mm, So many things. Mm. Something that I am grateful for that is maybe pertains to this conversation is my number one value, which is freedom. And I am very grateful for my freedom and I do not take it for granted at all. I'm so very conscious of the creative that control that I have over my life. And I'm grateful for that consciousness that I take responsibility for my life. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. That was, you know, a lot of times when I ask that question or when I think about it, I'll think about, um, you know, I'd like the love that I have with my wife or I'll think about, you know, um, the love I have with family. And I'll kind of think about, or more like the weather outside, or, I mean, if something good happens yesterday, I'll think about that. I'm like, that was amazing that that happened. But to be grateful for a certain consciousness that you have is a, a, such a good way to look at it. Such a great thing to be grateful for. It literally impacts everything. <laughs> yes. Being, yeah, wow. All right, See, that just right now too opened up a whole nother universe in my mind of, and I practice gratitude every single day. Yeah, that's so good. What's your practice, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, of course. So I practice uh, in the morning uh, when I wake up. And then I, when I meditate, I will practice again there. And I'll, like, I'll visualize and feel the things that I'm grateful for. And um, like I sit in it and you know, I, really, I just really feel it. And the things in life that I am manifesting, I will be grateful for those things before they've showed up. Cause I know that they exist, right? I know it's out there. It's already happened. Uh, time just hasn't quite caught up to it yet. So I'm even grateful for those things in the present as if they are here and now. Um, and then at night too, I, um, again, I will stop and I'll think about what I'm grateful for. And I have a, I actually, I, I have an online store. Well, this is actually where this shirt is from. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what I've been doing now too, because I'm trying to help people um, develop a daily gratitude practice because I see how much it's shifted and changed my life. Mm -hmm. It is ridiculous. And so now with every order, I give uh, for free two gratitude bracelets. We're on it. It'll say, I am grateful because that's the practice that helped me. It's putting on a bracelet every morning. And I I have a chakra bracelet and I also use the gratitude bracelet now that I created it for the store. But it's the shocker bracelet was the original. And I only got that to remind me in the morning when I put it on to think about what I'm grateful for. And at night when I take it off to think about what I'm grateful for. And that has been the main tool, the key to being consistent and making it a daily practice. Because without that, you know, we get so caught up on our day and that's fine. I would just forget and that simple, sim- it's like the simplest thing ever. That reminder is what helps me be insanely consistent with it and just trying to share that message and help other people too. Um, right, when we're passionate about something, when something makes us happy and makes us feel good, we just yes. want to, sh- it's like what you're doing. We just want to share that with people, you know, not force it on them, but just give them the information. I'd rather just give it to somebody like, here, this has worked for me. You don't have to take it now, but I'd still rather at least give you this gift for then you to do whatever you want to do with it. And I just know how much that's changed my life. And I just want to share that with as many people. That is such a brilliant 
part of parenting you just don't even know. The ability to not just make routines, but create rituals. That's going to save you so much. You're going to be so connected with Violet because you have that just innately. I get a lot of questions about night routines and it's, well, what do I do? And should I start it earlier? And should we calm down and bedtimes? And it's, my question is, okay, you've told me all the things that you want to do. How do you want to feel? And I think that's the difference between a routine and a ritual and collaborating with your child to, well, I want my, I want my child to feel calm. When people are rushed, they're not calm. So (laughs) you probably shouldn't come in their room 10 minutes before bedtime and say, hey, it's time for bed. I want my child to feel safe. Okay, well, forcing them, walking away and forcing them to sleep in the dark is probably not making them feel safe. We probably need to think about how do I want to feel? And you doing that with the bracelet is like, it's not about me just waking up in the morning and what I want to do. It's I want to feel grateful. And it impact, it, it allows you to enjoy the experience, right? Mm-hmm. We're human beings, not human doings, right? And so- mm-hmm. That's amazing. Anytime you come up with a challenge as she gets older and it's about collaborating, I always start there. How do we how do we want to feel when we're eating? How do we want to feel when we're playing with each other? How do we want to feel when we're doing something challenging? And if we can incorporate things that make us feel that while we do that, then everything is play. Everything is an opportunity to enjoy and everything doesn't have to be so ugh, I'm adulting and I'm just moving through the day. The more rituals you can create for yourself, the easier it is to play and be the emotional parent and be the fun parent and show up with compassion. But we're, we just have way too many routines and not enough rituals. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for just relating that to me being a parent soon. Cause that's like, that helps me to breathe a little bit easier right now. Yeah. You know, so yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. That's good. I hope you all have an, a morning and an evening gratitude practice together. <laughs> Oh, yes, we definitely are. That's going to be so fun. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be the parent that just enjoys the experience. Like when things are going crazy, still like being like this, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And just literally just being in it. And it's up to us in every moment. Are we going to find joy in it? Are we going to find hatred or negativity? It's up to us. It's what we focus on. Yeah, that's so good. And then Destiny, I want to ask you too. So the question uh, that I ask everybody uh, at the end of the podcast, and I'll just preface it too. So my goal in life with Spread Love Movement is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place that's more peaceful and loving and one and kind, empathetic, uh, vulnerable, accepting and understanding of each other. Really one that is one. And um, I mean, the work you're doing is so, is so incredible how do you feel like with the work you're doing or just with who you are as an individual, how do you feel like you are contributing um, every day to this sort of a shift uh, in the overall consciousness of the planet? Oh, wow. It comes back to my value, which is the gift that I hope to give to parents and children and the world is, is freedom and that we came here ourselves and that all these things we think we need to be ourselves, we don't need them. We really Mm -hmm. don't. There's so much inside of us. Um, And that's the gift that I want to give this world is that we have so much power. It's really about empowerment for me. And so that's why you'll never hear me shaming parents for their choices. That's why you always hear me have empathy because I think that we all have it. And it's just about being able to empower each other to be that best version of ourselves. 
I love that. Empowering each other to be the best version of ourselves, not hating on each other, not saying you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. Ooh, let's just get those words out of our vocabulary. Good, bad, wrong, right. Like, ah, they shake me to my core, man. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we can't have, we could have a whole other conversation about the idea of wrong and right or good or bad. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Truly man. And how disconnected it makes us from one another yes. and how it's all arbitrary. It's all made up. <laughs> one of my friends, well, I do, um, we do a weekly mastermind call um, for an hour or so every Thursday. It's just like-minded. Love it. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, and it's just like-minded people. We come together, we help, we support, we love each other. We're insanely vulnerable. And the other day, one of my friends, which like really helped me in a moment, she'll notice like in a time where she'll be looking at a person and like judging them or saying they're doing something bad or wrong. She goes, oh, there I am. There I am again, disconnecting myself with who I am, disconnecting myself with truth, disconnecting myself with love, right? Because if we were that person growing up in that environment, in that world, we may be the exact same way that they were. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And that for me, I was like, oh. and I thought I was doing a good job at that. And then I realized, and I'm like, I can do an even better job. Yeah. And I can, right. And I can create that consciousness and awareness in myself that anytime I look down or wrong on somebody, I am disconnecting myself with love. Yeah. Every time. That's so good. And that's, that's, that's the kind of parent. That's the kind of parent that I strive to be. Mm. And that's why, of course, I have so many goals for my daughter and what I would love for her experience to be. But ultimately, it is what it is. Yes. <laughs> and that's great. And that's wonderful. And that's something to be celebrated and accepted. I think that there's very few things that are morally right and wrong that all of us can pinpoint. And these things that we have to debate about, it's just like, then it's probably not a right or wrong. It's mm. probably Right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that about you that you don't bash, you don't try to, you know, raise yourself up by bashing someone else's technique that's different than yours. That, that would is, be foolish of me. It I is. Make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I make far too many. I want to be the creator where when they're like, Destiny, you did such and such. I'm like, yeah, I did. And I think it makes it so hard for us to be vulnerable when we have right and wrong. Yeah. Because then, we can't be wrong. Right. Because <laughs> please let me be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, that's what I start with. I preface everything with, I am not getting it right all the time. I make mistakes because we're all human. And this idea of right and wrong, like you said, is just disconnecting us from one another. And it's disconnecting us from our true values. It really is. Nine times yeah. out of 10, the conversations we have about right and wrong only apply in certain circumstances where we're not our time or effort or resources aren't being infringed upon. And then it's like, mm-hmm. it's not a true value. You don't really care about time. You're just mad. They're late. You're late all the time. <laughs> yeah. you, you are late too. Yeah. So I, I love the idea of just, we have different values. That's all. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. I'm not right. We just have different values. Right. And being okay with that, with people not thinking like we think, embracing that, how beautiful that is, that we do see things differently. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. How boring would it be if we all thought the exact same thing all the time? That would just, we then we'd be complaining about that. 
Exactly. And the more we take that from others, like we would be taking it from ourselves. I'm so glad that you're allowed to think the way you want to think, because that means that I am allowed to think the way that I want to think. Right. We can't infringe upon that on each other, but mm-hmm. yeah, we could go on about that forever. It does play out very well in parenting because that means that the decisions that you make can be value-based and not fear-based or ego-based or trauma-based. And when they are, you immediately have that knowing because you're like, whoa, I value freedom and I'm literally trying to force you to eat right this second. That doesn't make sense. Mm. It's my job to give you the food. It's your job to listen to your body that you had before you even met me. So (laughs) it's like the values conversation is, is, is where to start is what matters to you and making sure that your behaviors are in alignment with your values, your behaviors, not anybody else's and your children will, they'll catch that model. Mm. You do not have to force it. You really don't. They're, they're, they're with you every single day. (laughs) They see how you move and behave. And that says so much more than what is actually coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, you're incredible. You're such a, a beautiful soul, really helping the world. And your perspective and mindset on all the things that you just talked about gives me hope, literally for the next generation, and that people like you out there exist. Because I, I really, the fact, again, that the whole idea is empowering each other. Because so many other times we think in order for me to rise, I have to knock people down on the way, or I have to say that yeah. the way that they're doing it is wrong and the way that I'm doing it is right. Because look, like I'm doing it right. They're doing it wrong. Pay more attention to me. But the fact that you just allow people to be, you want to empower other people, you're never going to badmouth or take down another mom for her techniques is incredible. It's, it's special. So thank you for being like that, really. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and before we cut out, I know you mentioned it before, but if you could just again mention your handles uh, and then your website, any uh, anything online or social media uh, that you want to mention so people can get uh, a hold of you. Absolutely. On TikTok, it's destiny.an and on Instagram, it's manifestdestiny and it's destinyan.com it's where you can find all my resources. Yes. And again, everything will be down below, but I always want people to give themselves some love and shout themselves out because it is important. Of course. And in case someone doesn't see it below, I want them to know about it now in case they do want to reach out to you or just be able to watch your videos and educate themselves and learn because the information is out there and the way you're approaching parenthood, I think is such an incredible way and should be shared more with people. Uh, So just grateful and happy uh, that I'm able to help do that in any way, shape or form. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was amazing. It was an honor. Thank you for sharing space with me today. Yes, thank you. And everybody, thank you for being here. Um, Any of the parents out there, I hope that this helped. And please go check out Destiny. Get some new perspectives, new parenting techniques. I'm definitely going to be checking you out more and more as (laughs) Violet is coming into this world. Um, Yeah, and I appreciate it. Because honestly, having thinking about it now, being a parent soon to be, I'm so grateful to have an outlet like that, like Mm -hmm. you, you know, that I'm able to learn. Yeah, yeah, of course. That I'm able to learn from and just get new ideas, try new things. Uh, So that stuff is so important. So everybody listening, go check out Destiny. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing the space. We have so much love for you. And Destiny, thank Mm -hmm. you again. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody.